Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Ooh, that's nice. It's David Cox. And I'm Josh Matheson. And I'm really living up to the Gonzalez bit with this. <laughs> oh yeah. So those of you who are not watching this the video of this because you don't subscribe to our Patreon will not get the delights that is a handlebar moustache on the mm-hmm. face. You can't even imagine it. And the good thing is we can just, just describe it. So people have every single person will have their own like with books, their own mind's eye. And that's what my I love. My word. It was a handlebar moustache. It went all the way around, but I did I have trimmed it slightly higher. It's more in Ned Flanders trimmed, now. It's getting that way, and yeah. Matt, well, yeah. Matt did, before the cast did, did, and I quote, say, I wanted to look like the dad out of Inside Out. Who's, <laughs> I, I think, supposed to be in the middle of a midlife crisis, so it's a good look. <laughs> He's the one where they're all just like in the, in the control panel watching sport, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. that like just the most random style guru ever? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like uh, what style look are you going for? Uh, you know, the dad from Inside Out. <laughs> Can you imagine going to like, you know, they have photos. <laughs> Photos of the hairdressers, normally from like way back when, or there's like David Beckham, and there's just him. A cartoon, (laughs) like Ned Flanders, dad from Inside Out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Doesn't um, Apu has a... Yes. Has as well, doesn't yeah. he? There you go, rocking it, rocking it. I did. I was watching Parks and Rec as well today, and then obviously Ron Swanson comes up, and I'm I like, "Yeah, my brother, yeah. strong, <laughs> strong." Anyway, we should probably get on with the story, isn't it? Because we missed the week. Apologies for missing a yeah, week, so was, everybody listening. We were on track, and then I ended up with a cruise ship, and David was doing something very exciting in Sri Lanka. Yeah, I, I got, I got engaged. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was like, damn it, I need the sound effects. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And we we thought it wouldn't be appropriate to do a podcast that, uh, at, the, at, the, at that very moment. <laughs> I, I didn't go, ah, Treasure Island. Where's the yeah. treasure? Well, Matt and I were actually, we're livid. We have a, on our separate sort of WhatsApp conversations, we're like, I can't believe it's disappeared. <laughs> I'm questioning your commitment. Yeah. Well, I mean, the <laughs> fact that you didn't pay for 5G internet from Sri Lanka and spend an absolute fortune just to Skype in is really upsetting or carry yeah, all your equipment filled. in your... I know, it's just, I think we're going to need to find yeah. somebody a little bit more committed. But, you know, since you're here, so we was... may as well read this chapter. Yeah. So this week we are looking at chapter 14 of Treasure Island, which is called The First Blow. So we're hoping that this week is a, it was a release to the tension that's been building over the last few weeks into the apple barrel when, you know, they found out that they know and, you know, they know that they know that they know or whatever mm. it was that we worked out before about the mutiny that's coming. Last week... The captain came up with a bit of a plan where he was like, we need some space to figure out what we're doing. So let's send everybody like let's send Long John Silver on shore and everyone he takes with him, we can assume is on his team. And then everyone who's left is on our team and we can secure the ship then and we can decide what we're going to do. So I'm hoping the first blow involves, you know, maybe these people trying to get back on the ship and them going, nope, you're not coming back on and a fight ensues or I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. they're going to start shooting cannons at the island and start blowing up palm trees. But uh, Jim decided it was in his interests to go ashore. 
Don't know why. We didn't quite work that out. He just decided on his, a bit of a um, to jump in a boat. He's probably just sick of the his ship. His review of the island wasn't very good, though, was it? He said it no. was horrible. Yeah, yeah it was definitely gray. one star I wouldn't recommend. It was grey and rocky yeah. and craggy and horrible. So not sure if this author's been to the Caribbean before because I'll tell you now, <laughs> a lot of it doesn't look like that. It's all beautiful yeah. white sand and tropical yeah. palm trees. So... Yeah, I'm not quite sure where he got that description from. It sounds like he's describing Cornwall or Norwich or somewhere. So, shall we uh, dive in and have a little look? Oh, let's splash. What's coming? Yeah, I'm hoping. I mean, I have done a little scroll ahead and not to read anything, but because I download the photos ahead of time, the pictures. And one of them is even in colour, boys. Is it? It's like what yeah, the yeah, the second photo is in color. No, I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna let it come oh no, up. It, it, you'll see it when I put it up later. Yeah, so I know I sometimes read along, but I'm not going yeah. to say just because. So mm. here's the title page photo. I'm not quite yeah. sure who that's meant to is be. That, is that Jim? Is that I our don't Jim? know. He kind of changes each time. That looks like a man. Like sometimes in the photos, Jim looks like a toddler. He's like the size of the desk, or do you know what I mean? No, I He's think like this... I think this is this is Smeagol halfway to midway. It's very yeah. It looks like it's at the bottom of the sea. It looks like coral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did he get there? It's true. <laughs> it is How a bit weird looking. I wouldn't say this illustrator is my favorite, but you know, there we go. Chapter 14, The Forced Blow. I was so pleased at having given the slip to Long John that I began to enjoy myself and look around me with some interest on the strange land that I was in. I had crossed a marshy tract full of willows, bulrushes and odd outlandish swampy trees and I had now come out upon the skirts of an open piece of undulating sandy country, about a mile long, dotted with a few pines and a great number of contorted trees, not unlike the oak in growth, but pale in the foliage, like willows. (laughs) That was the longest sentence ever. (laughs) And I think I managed it very well. (laughs) You did. I was literally like, there's... All, all the punctuation is just commas. There's commas, 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 commas. <laughs> he likes that, does our uh, mm. Robert Louis Stevenson. On the far side of the open stood one of the hills, with two quaint craggy peaks shining vividly in the sun. I now felt, for the first time, the joy of exploration. The isle was uninhabited. My shipmates I had left behind, and nothing lived in front of me but dumb brutes and fowls. I turned hither and thither among the trees. Here and there were flowering plants unknown to me. Here and there I saw snakes, and one raised his head from a ledge of rock and hissed at me with a noise not unlike the spinning of a top. Little did I suppose that he was a deadly enemy, and that the noise was the famous rattle. Oh. Are we going to find Jim, like, dead in a ditch, having been bitten by a poisonous snake or spider yeah. or something? Or I immediately met up... my death at the hand yeah. of the rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have, like, Bear grills in these days or anyone to kind of, you know, teach teach people how to survive. Yeah, Jim, drink your, drink your wee. 
<laughs> I think that's all that you anyone should, knows about. Use your trousers yeah. as a life raft. The way it is, he fills his trousers. Climb inside a horse. I don't know. Oh dear, he just eats fish raw from the really bad leaves. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen him eat a snake before where he just literally put the whole thing in and then bit the head off and threw the head away. And like, you're like that is horrendous. That's unnecessary. Yeah. Then I came to a long thicket of these oak-like trees, live or evergreen oaks, I heard afterwards they should be called, which grew low along the sand like brambles, the boughs curiously twisted, the foliage compact like thatch. The thicket stretched down from the top of one of the sandy knolls, spreading and growing taller as it went, until it reached the margin of the broad reedy fen, through which the nearest of the little rivers soaked its way into the anchorage. The marsh was steaming in the strong sun, and the outline of the spyglass trembled through the haze. All at once there began to go a sort of bustle among the bulrushes, a wild duck flew up with a quack. Another <laughs> followed. Yay! And soon over the whole surface of the marsh, a great cloud of birds hung screaming and circling in the air. I judged at once that some of my shipmates must be drawing near along the borders of the fen. Nor was I deceived, for soon I heard the very distant and low tones of a human voice, which, as I continued to give ear, grew steadily louder and nearer. This put me in a great fear, and I crawled under cover of the nearest live oak and squatted there, hearkening, as silent as a mouse. Another voice answered, and then the first voice, which I now recognised to be Silver's, once more took up the story and ran on for a long while in a stream, only now and again interrupted by the other. By the sound they must have been talking earnestly, and almost fiercely, but no distinct word came to my hearing. At last the speakers seemed to have paused, and perhaps to have sat down, for not only did they cease to draw any nearer, but the birds themselves began to grow more quiet, and to settle again to their places in the swamp. And now I began to feel that I was neglecting my business, that since I had been so foolhardy as to come ashore with these desperadoes, the least I could do was to overhear them at their councils, and that my plain and obvious duty was to draw as close as I could manage, under the favourable ambush of the crouching trees. I could tell the direction of the speakers pretty exactly, not only by the sound of their voices, but by the behaviour of the few birds that still hung in alarm above the heads of the intruders. Crawling on all fours, I made steadily but slowly toward them, till at last, raising my head to an aperture among the leaves, I could see clear down into a little green dell beside the marsh, and closely set about with trees where Long John Silver and another of the crew stood face to face in conversation. The sun beat full upon them. Silver had thrown his hat beside him on the ground, and his great, smooth, blonde face, all shining with heat, was lifted to the other man's in a kind of appeal. Could I just say, I did not picture Long John Silver as a blonde. 
No, I think we all I just think they've all got black or silver. Do you well, know what I mean? I did not think he would be a blonde. It's just their blonde face. Unless a blonde face it was referring to like the hue of his skin, skin colour. Can I see what's blonde? Can I see what comes oh, up? yellow. Is he jaundice? <laughs> <Yeah>. Jaundice. <laughs> I mean, I've just literally typed it his in. His kidneys and, like, are packing of... in from all the rum. <laughs> <laughs> I've typed it to Google and it's just like loads of blonde women. Um <laughs> Listen, there we Google are. doesn't lie. <laughs> so that's what Long John looks like. A Maybelline he's a blonde, yeah. model. He's a blondie. Yeah. It's Pamela Anderson. Yeah, because even if he's a, even like a male picture, I wouldn't expect to make him look very Scandinavian or like Norwegian kind of. Or it can be when, you know, when it's like if you've got a brown, if you've got a brown beard, but then it like tinges with blonde. Because mm. I do He'll get that. lemon juice bit. in it, is he? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm going to the Caribbean. I'm going to lighten my hair. I get the on blonde hair in my beard, but very few when it's like sunny. Were you but blonde as a child? Yeah. I was bleach blonde and curly, yeah. You were both, okay. Because, yeah, because as I say, you've got like, it's technically dark blonde hair you guys have got. Yeah, I always like, find it weird when people say that I've got brown. blonde hair. It goes light in the I'm summer. like, I clearly yeah. haven't got blonde hair. But yeah, some people still it goes, consider this. It goes blonde, better. It no, goes that, really that's blonde. dark blonde because, as you say, it's because you were blonde as a child and as you get older, your hair gets darker. I prefer mm. the term dirty blonde. Dirty Atomic blonde. blonde. I, I was going to say that, but I thought you might take offense to it. So that's why <laughs> I didn't say it. You dirty blonde. You dirty, dirty, <laughs> you dirty blonde. Oh, with the no, tags as well. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just wasn't expecting that. That just It just jumped out at me as, yeah, I've always, I've always imagined Long John Silver to be Captain Hookish almost. Do you know what I mean? With the drama, yeah. but not yeah. as fancy. So more like headscarf and rings, but the kind of same pageantry, but not necessarily the same economic class, if that makes sense. You could, Oh, you could maybe have like Daniel Craig. Yeah, see, I would never picture him as someone like Daniel Craig playing Long John Silver. I just wouldn't. I I suppose I'm picturing Dustin Hoffman's hook. Yes, that's what I pretty much have in my head. I have him and Tim Curry in my head when I think of Long John Silver. Maybe oh, that's yeah. just media, though, telling me that's what pirates look Maybe like. Maybe you've been indoctrinated. <laughs> yeah, probably. Mate, he was saying, it's because I think gold dust of you. Gold dust. And you may lay to that. If I hadn't took to you like pitch, do you think I'd have been here a warning of you? All's up. You can't make nor mend. It's to save your neck that I'm a-speaking. And if one of the wildens knew it, where'd I be, Tom? Now tell me, where'd I be? Silver, said the other man, and I observed he was not only red in the face, but spoke as hoarse as a crow, and his voice shook too, like a taut rope. Silver, says he, you're old and you're honest and has the name for it. And you've money too, which lots of poor sailors hasn't. And you're brave, or I mistook. And you will tell me you'll let yourself be led away with that kind of a mess of swabs. Not you. As sure as God sees me, I'd sooner lose my hand if I turn again my duty. And then all of a sudden he was interrupted by a noise. I had found one of the honest hands. Well, here, at the same moment, came news of another. 
far away, out in the marsh, there arose all of a sudden a sound like the cry of anger, then another on the back of it, and then one horrid, long-drawn scream. The rocks of the spyglass re-echoed it a score of times. The whole troop of marsh birds rose again, darkening heaven, with a simultaneous whirr, and long after that death yell was still ringing in my brain, silence had re-established its empire, and only the rustle of the redescending birds and the boom of the distant surges disturbed the languor of the afternoon. Tom had leapt at the sound, like a horse at the spur, but Silver had not winked an eye. He stood where he was, resting lightly on his crutch, watching his companion like a snake about to spring. John, said the sailor, stretching out his hand. Hands off, cried Silver, leaping back a yard, as it seemed to me, with the speed and security of a trained gymnast. <laughs> I can imagine him just doing like in the corner. Hats wearing hat man. Put the music to the judges with his sparkly uh, leotard yeah. and a ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> Hands off if you like, John Silver, said the other. It's a black conscience that'll make you afeard of me. But in heaven's name, tell me. What was that? That, returned Silver, smiling away, but warier than ever, his eye a mere pinpoint in his big face, but gleaming like a crumb of glass. That, oh, I reckon that'll be Alan. And at this point, Tom flashed out like a hero. Alan! he cried. <laughs> then rest his soul for a true seaman. And as for you, John Silver, long you've been a mate of mine, and you're a mate of mine no more. If I die like a dog, I'll die in my duty. You've killed Alan, have you? Kill me too, if you can. But I defies you. And with that, this brave fellow turned his back directly on the cook and set off walking for the beach. But he was not destined to go far. With a cry, John seized the branch of a tree, whipped the crutch out of his armpit, and sent that uncouth missile hurtling through the air. It struck poor Tom, point foremost, and with stunning violence right between the shoulders in the middle of his back. His hands flew up, he gave a sort of gasp, and fell. Whether he were injured he much like or... Is he just like javelined this Lopped guy with his crutch? He's effectively yeah. sort of jousted him right in the back. Is he like an Olympian? Like what? How? He's yeah. a jigger. You'd have to throw it was um, like it would hurt a lot. It would hurt, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, unless you've taken someone like really by surprise, I don't imagine someone throwing a crutch at you just in and hitting you in your back would make you actually fall. Do you know what I mean? Like. I think if it hit me, I'd be like, ow, why'd you throw that, you idiot? Yeah, but if it got, if the end of it got you right in the middle of the back. I know, but it's not like he's got a sword or a, you know, a knife in the end of it or anything. Like, it's not an actual javelin. It's not pointy. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he. I, I, the only way that's knocking someone down is if he's got, like, absolute tree trunk arms and he threw that, like, miles and miles per hour. Mm. 
<laughs> Whether he were injured much or little, none could ever tell. Like enough to judge from the sound, his back was broken on the spot. Broken on the spot! <laughs> He's it's it's, it's got the arm for it then. He's ha- thrown it the speed of a car. <laughs> like, <laughs> unless it's like a hammer. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it needs something weighty behind it because it's just it's just a wooden stick. So unless it's like, you know, if you threw you know a sledgehammer at somebody, okay, yeah, maybe because it's got enough weight behind it that it will like follow through the person's body. But a walking stick. I'm going to be a lot more wary of old people now. I tell you what, I don't break my back with one throw of the stick they're walking yeah, around with. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, like maybe, maybe, maybe that we've got a listener that, that, that understands like mechanics and could like work out the yeah. force. It's just like, well, if it hit a certain place, I mean, you could. Pro- I could understand. I mean, actually, if it had hit him like at the back of the head and like got the nape, I can understand yeah. that. Like, yeah, sure, not, but it not in the take back. much. You could hit that, and then you central nervous the system there. Yeah. Yeah, but he but says like, he hit him between the shoulders. shoulders. That's a strong old unit mm. there. It is. Let's test yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a so any stick. listeners work in pairs. Um, if you've got uh, a, bit, a big bit of wood, um, you need a volunteer and a walking stick. <laughs> and Lazy Book Club do accept full responsibility. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. No, no, we don't. We're the opposite no, of jackass. No, we don't. No, we put we the disclaimer don't. at the start. We're like, yeah, crack on. Yeah, su- go ahead, sue us. Fill you your like. boots. <laughs> yeah. Sue us for all we've got, which is not very much. N- no. But he had no time given to him to recover. Silver, agile as a monkey, even without leg or crutch, was on top of him next moment and had twice buried his knife up to the hilt in that defenceless body. From my place of ambush, I could hear him pant aloud as he struck the blows. Oh, that's grim. I do not know what it rightly is to faint, but I do know that for the next little while, the whole world swam away from before me in a swirling mist. Silver and the birds, the tall spyglass hilltop, going round and round and topsy-turvy before my eyes, and all manner of bells ringing and distant voices shouting in my ear. When I came again to myself, the monster had pulled himself together, his crutch under his arm, his hat upon his head. Just before him, Tom lay motionless upon the sword, but the murderer minded him not a whit, cleansing his blood-stained knife the while upon a wisp of grass. Everything else was unchanged, the sun still shining mercilessly on the steaming marsh and the tall pinnacle of the mountain, and I could scarce persuade myself that murder had been actually done, and a human life cruelly cut short a moment since before my eyes. Oh, colour. Yeah, see, it's always Ooh. a colour picture. Look. It's going oh, through the world. Really the very not I'm blonde, really locked on silver. Yeah, he's not blonde. See, again, I don't he looks like you. People. He does. He's got a moustache. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you did it. I'm a murderer, boys. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a wanted man now. Look, if you sent that photo out, I'm definitely the one they're doesn't calling. Doesn't it look it, like? Doesn't it look like he's just running up to kick him in the bum? <laughs> he does. In, in every like, illustration, like it just looks like back. he's lifted his leg up, doesn't it? Boom. Mm. The island doesn't look too bad. 
Yeah, I think he looks right. quite Caribbean-y. Craggy rocks. Some, is, some is lovely like, yellow yeah. sand. What? Looks a bit overcast. <laughs> it does look a bit grey in the background, it's true. Jim looks like he's got his um, jumper tied around his neck, like like he's sort of, uh, you know, a, a really preppy. Oh, yeah, he does. He's in an Abercrombie & Fitch <laughs> advert. Yeah, he's got boat shoes on. That's <laughs> why so he didn't get very far. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, I, I suppose you would want boat shoes. <laughs> yeah, he is on a boat. Off a boat. Yeah. yeah, not I'm that kind of, boat, not a yacht. But now John put his hand into his pocket, brought out a whistle, and blew upon it several modulated blasts that rang far across the heated air. I could not tell, of course, the meaning of the signal, but it instantly awoke my fears. More men would be coming. I might be discovered. They had already slain two of the honest people. After Tom and Alan, might not I come next? Instantly I began to extricate myself and crawl back again, with what speed and silence I could manage, to the more open portion of the wood. As I did so, I could hear hails coming and going between the old buccaneer and his comrades, and this sound of danger lent me wings. As soon as I was clear of the thicket, I ran as I never ran before, scarce minding the direction of my flight so long as it led me from the murderers, and as I ran, fear grew and grew upon me until it turned into a kind of frenzy. Indeed, could anyone be more entirely lost than I? When the gun fired, how should I dare to go down to the boats among those fiends still smoking from their crime? Would not the first of them who saw me wring my neck like a snipe's would not my absence itself be an evidence to them of my alarm and therefore of my fatal knowledge? It was all over, I thought. Goodbye to the Hispaniola. Goodbye to the squire, the doctor and the captain. There was nothing left for me but death by starvation or death by the hands of the mutineers. All this while, as I say, I was still running, and without taking any notice I had drawn near to the foot of the little hill with the two peaks, and had got into a part of the island where the live oaks grew more widely apart and seemed more like forest trees in their bearing and dimensions. Mingled with these were a few scattered pines, some fifty, some nearer seventy feet high. The air too smelt more freshly than down beside the marsh, and here a fresh alarm brought me to a standstill with a thumping heart. End of chapter. Oh, that was a banging chapter. Yeah. yeah a good one. Bit of murder, <laughs> yeah. cliffhanger. I feel like the captain's plan has kind of backfired. <laughs> I feel like he sent everybody ashore, including the honest men, the pirates obviously them. know who's on their like, side and who's not, and they don't know who's on their picking side them off. and who's not, and they're picking them off. And it's like the Hunger Games. They've literally just gone like, mm, yeah. may the odds be in your favour, boys. Let's and go. Uh, all of the goodies aren't doing so well right now. Poor Tom and Alan. Mm. Yeah. What were the numbers before? Wasn't they, weren't they saying it's like it was quite low 20 anyway, something against seven? Yeah, there weren't mm. very many. Or something like that. And it's like, so, well, it's like 20 against five now. It's not looking good. 
And one of them's like, one of those, yeah, one of them's half a half a man. <laughs> they must, all, they must all die because next, the next chapter is the last chapter, as we all know. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes pretty quickly. You, you are waiting for the they're coming, they're coming. That's all you're waiting this is for, the, isn't yeah. it? You've mentioned it like yeah. a few times. You're just waiting for that to happen. But he this says fresh alarm as well here, and here a fresh alarm brought me to a standstill. So what, what's he seen next? Have they started attacking the boat? You think or? Like, know, something, something else scary is happening. Yeah, mm. seem, seem to have run quite far away. Smelt more freshly. I'm trying to work out what is it. Alligator, is it like really bad weather? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that would. I don't think that would put them off. Really, I don't think. Like, no. Oh, it's raining. I can't kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh! Yeah, <laughs> you just stabbed a man in the back. It's like, oh my god, we need to make a shelter. Yeah, uh, no, no, I, yeah. Hair. I'm trying to work out. I'm, I'm guessing the next chapter might have something to do with what alarmed Jim, maybe. It may indeed. And in that light, is it a good time for us to play? Yeah. Guess what? The next chapter's called. You're up, David. Todd. David. God, it's really hard to guess, isn't it? I was all really like cocky at the start. I was like, "Yeah, I know this story. I know what happens roughly." And and as it turns out, I don't. Mm. Um, apparently, having heard an audio book over sixteen years ago is probably more actually <laughs> probably more like oh god, more like twenty two mm. years ago. Um, god Almighty! Um, oh, let's just go. Uh, a new threat of some description rears its head. <laughs> good, good. A new plot point. <laughs> a new hope. Um, Something else happens. Yeah, Something I'm, trying, else happens. I'm trying to work out what the fresh alarm is. So maybe he's back at the boat. The Hispaniola aflame. La, 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 la. Something like that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> well, as usual, you're both wrong. But I can tell you that chapter 15 is entitled, ominously, The Man of the Island. <gasps> oh, do you think yeah, he's scared yeah. because he's seen his first black man? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it is. I bet that's See, what it is. First black man. Maybe. Oh, I'm so excited. It's either that or it's going to be like somebody who was left behind from... Captain whatever Flint's crew. Yeah, yeah. The first time they buried it on the island. Well, in, in my head, this is going to be like uh, when they found the hatch in Lost. It's going to be that. Oh yeah, yes. and it's just like da, 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 da. <laughs> he's got that that song playing again and again. Yeah, just has to keep on. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a spoiler. Alert. It's yeah. Brilliant. No, I don't think they stole that from this. Nobody cares about Lost anymore. So it's fine. no, it was terrible. <laughs> Although I did watch it during lockdown, just because it was like Disney Plus. I was thinking yeah, about rewatching it, it, then the I remember it, go, it goes rubbish halfway because of the writer's strike. So I was like, I don't want to start. Right. Well, if you've got any thoughts or opinions on this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or if you've got better ways to murder a man with a cane um, or a walking stick, please let us know on Twitter with at lazybookclubpod. And of course, your predictions on who the man of the island is are very welcome on Instagram at lazybookclubpod. Mm. We're also on Patreon, where for the very low fee of $3 a month, you get an extra episode, and as well as access to the videos to see my moustache. Oh, oh yeah. Holy Otherwise, we will see you next week on the main thread 
for chapter 15 of Treasure Island, The Man of the Island. Mm. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.